Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up? Good Monday morning. And uh, we are, man, we're like 10 days away from football. Wanted to get together with hey, hey, but No, 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 no. No, it's week what? zero, baby. I got a game on Saturday. I'm calling Chris. What are you calling on Saturday? Are you in Ireland? <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just down the road from my house here in uh, South Florida. I'm calling uh, Charlotte at FAU for CBS Sports Network. Really? I yeah. didn't know you were calling that. Okay, that gives me another game to watch on Saturday. Then this is great. <laughs> yeah, there's only. I think there's only eleven of them. So. Well, I've already been discussing like internally in my brain how much money I'm going to have to bet on the Hawaii Vanderbilt game. <laughs> with a 9.30 kick uh-huh. because I know I'm going to lose my ass early in the day. But now I'm going to have to like – I'm going to have to – so you got Florida International and who? No, 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 Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic and who? And Charlotte. I have to do some research on that game now. This is great. I know be, you can't uh, like give picks and stuff because you're calling it, but I, this is good. I need to – Yeah, I, it's, I think up. it should be a pretty good game. Both teams uh, – Really faltered down the stretch last year. Both teams missed a bowl game by one. One team lost four straight to end the year. The other lost three straight to end the year. So they're ready to get back out there. I'm ready to get back out there. Week zero, man. I can't wait. I wish that the Nebraska-Northwestern game wasn't in Ireland. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't like that either. I, I would love it to be in Nebraska. You know, you yeah. got a real college football atmosphere for the game. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like in Ireland, but – that's one of my least favorite things about early season college football is all these games on neutral fields. I just I, I really like the campus atmosphere. I hate like the Peach Bowl Classic in Atlanta. That's why we love college football. Yeah, because yeah. you're on campus. You know, it's not you know just dumb neutral site games, and it's not like the NFL where they go to London and play. Except with Nebraska and Northwestern, it is going to Ireland. Yeah. Anyways, um, want to give everybody a little bit of a heads up. We are. I, I'm. I'm really excited. This isn't. This is kind of like our pilot episode. I would say. Yeah. This is like. I, I don't know what this background is, but you see the the, the treadmill over here, and <laughs> yeah, I, this is not going to be my regular back. And I'm not, I'm not even using my the sweet mic you sent me. Yeah. It's well, even, we I, we we actually tested it on Friday and it worked. And yeah, now it looks it's like not. it's working, but the, I'm not plugged in through it. So we'll we've got some out. we've got some things to work through, and uh, looking it's forward week to zero. Doing it with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's week zero. Uh, uh-huh. Really looking forward to doing college football talk with you this year, my friend. This has been a long time coming, Ditto. and we're gonna have a blast. We'll be doing our shows here on social media. And we'll have a podcast feed for you guys to download from as well. But this is going to be a fun ride and um, looking forward to it, my friend. Remember Let's when we were it. offered a, a radio show like 15 years ago and we both had to turn it down? That was that was so hard because you were doing TV at Channel 13 and you were out until like, what, 11 o'clock, 1130 every night. And then you would have had mm-hmm. to been up at like five every day and then. I lived in Ames and it just, it just didn't. And we didn't have technology like this back then either. Like you couldn't do it remotely. Plus I think the offer was $7,000 a year. So it, <laughs> if it, we're lucky, it wasn't like, I mean, at the time, like for real, and I, I wanted to do it so bad, but I would have lost money driving every day. Like it wouldn't have even made yeah, sense. I, it would have been fun, but yeah. no sleep, no coonies after work. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, how would we have even survived? 
I, I don't think we would have Especially survived you. in the 20s, man. Yeah, no. Well, we're looking forward to this. We'll do a lot of Iowa State, no doubt. We're going to do a lot of Big Ten, Big 12. We kind of, I kind of thought today we could just kind of set the table mm-hmm. as far as both of our teams go this year. I actually have the latest win-loss totals for Iowa and Iowa State up here on my my, my second screen because I'm a big shot. Um, let's start with Iowa, okay? Yeah. I think that – I think I was fascinated. I was sitting at, we have my, my daughter, Elise, we had her third birthday party yesterday and my, my neighbor Wes came over and he's a huge Hawkeye fan. Is Elise already looking at uh season win totals? Yeah, no, she's, she's like, you know what she's into is the auto racing. Oh, well, I know she'll you're watch stuff too. She will watch a NASCAR race and she knows like, if we like that drive, she doesn't know their names, but she'll know like yes or no. I have to mute you on Twitter on Sundays so that I don't get any NASCAR <laughs> in my feed. So we're not going to be doing like NASCAR playoff hits here. What if what if CBS would pick up the rights to NASCAR and you got a no, like that's the, that's a different story. The truck series that's Hassel a different story. Live with the NASCAR truck series on we Friday. We do have night. that uh, we do have that Saturday night extravaganza in the summer with Tony Stewart. Yeah. Like, well, that got a little heated this year. I watched that every week. I bet you did. Um, who's the guy who does the play-by-play for that? He's really good. Man, don't put me on the spot. I have not. Uh, I have not really imbibed good. in that yet. Anyways, let's start with Iowa. I, but I think both teams are really interesting as far as the win-loss totals go this year. But so my my buddy Wes is over here yesterday, and we're talking huge Iowa fan. And I made the statement to him as we were kind of hashing through the season, and I want to see. If you would agree, because Iowa's win loss totals at seven and a half. And like to me, I'm, I'm kind of an outsider, but I've covered Iowa forever. I watched every game for the last seven, eight years. Doesn't it just feel like as long as they have like near talent level of the team that they're playing, that they can just lull them to sleep? Like, I feel like their formula is just going to go eight and four every year. Like, I would probably play the over with Iowa just because of that, right? Like, it, yeah, it's not I mean, gonna, I think, as, as long as like Tory Taylor's the punter and the defense is elite and the quarterback can't get worse and the offense can't get worse. Like, don't they just go eight and four every year like this? You're probably right that it can't get worse than last year. That would be tough. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think anytime the over under is, is seven and a half. I, I feel like when, when you have that eight, you grab it. If it's eight and a half, a little bit more difficult. But I think it's seven and a half because Spencer Petrus, what we saw from the offensive line last year and the fact that they lost their best offensive lineman, Tyler Linderbaum. So I think uh, outsiders are like, okay, what? Spencer Petrus is the quarterback again, and they <laughs> lost their best offensive lineman and the schedule's tougher. Pretty- so I think, that's, I think that's why it's seven and a half. But I'm with you. I mean, I... I think anytime it's it's below eight, um, you I just think blindly it's a play it. Bet. Yeah, I mean like, it's I, seven wins is is always a is a big disappointment for Iowa football if they only win seven. Eight, you can spin that into a, a decent season, um, but I think I, I feel like seven and five is usually the floor for an Iowa team. I mean, there are a couple outliers, but. And, and seven and five, that gets you – I mean, the win total is seven and a half. So, I, I feel like if there's – I'm surprised it's seven and a half, honestly. I, I think uh, I think eight, where it's a push if you get to eight and four, but I'm sure they put it at seven and five to get some more action on it too. I've never experienced a season in my career like Iowa football last year. <sighs> 10 and two is like really good for Iowa, right? Like that's something that everybody should always be happy with. And like at the end of the year, everybody was just pissed off. Total disappointment because, you know, you're sitting there at number two in the country and you got Purdue coming to town, big favorite, and you get, you get your ass kicked and they got their ass kicked in, in several games last season. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen to an Iowa team. You don't, get blown out by Michigan uh, in the Big Ten championship game. And then you lose to Kentucky in 
in a bowl game. And I know Kentucky was was pretty good last season, but it, it was a horrible way to end the year because it was um, it was kind of a magic carpet ride to that, you know, number two ranking. And I don't think many fans thought that this was a top five team, but they had it all out there. And yeah. usually I was in every single game. And the and I think that's another reason why the win total is seven and a half, because they see Michigan on the schedule. And we just saw what Michigan did to Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. They didn't even belong on the same field. Now, the, this season, it's at, at Kinnick Stadium, likely a night game, totally different. I, I have a few games circled that I think are kind of like trap games for Iowa. I think – at Illinois is a game that most people have circled as a win. That one could be tough. If you look at Illinois and you really break down what they did last year, they had a couple of really nice wins. But they, they're one of those teams, Chris, like that Phil Steele will outline, is they had a lot of single-digit losses, newer coach, kind of turning the corner. I feel like that would be a game on October 8th. that I, It's after the Michigan game, right, the week after that. And it's sandwiched in between Michigan and that Ohio State. So, like, to me, that – although there's a bye week in between Illinois and Ohio State, but still, point stands. And then yeah. – Illinois has always kind of scared me at Illinois, even though recently it hasn't been a, a tough game. But I, I, I'm i with you on that one. That would be the one if, like, if I'm, if I'm going game by game trying to find eight wins for Iowa, that would be a little sketch for me. And then I also think – I mean, like, do you feel – Two games Iowa will be favored in, but they're also sketch, like at Purdue and at Minnesota is kind of <laughs> both of those games are a little bit Purdue. Terrifying. Purdue is Iowa's kryptonite. They're the new Northwestern. I mean, I I expect them to lose at Purdue. I don't know what the line is going to be. I don't know how things are going to transpire throughout the season, but the way Purdue has played Iowa the last several years, and you know they got a couple more. Iowa guys on the roster through the transfer portal at Purdue, Iowa rarely throughout history, or at least in my lifetime plays well at Purdue. That's a tough one. I mean, I, I I think I feel better about Michigan at home than I do Purdue on the road. If I'm Iowa. Yeah. I can't say I blame you there. Do. Okay. Which game is more at Rutgers on September 24th? You laugh, but I know that reminds know. me of the Maryland game last year. Remember the Maryland game? We're all like, oh man, watch out. And then Iowa won by yeah, like 30. Right. I feel like that might be the Rutgers game. I, but Shiano, like, uh, he's still a good coach. He that's is. That's a weird, and that's, sleepy place to go. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be a problem, but yeah, never. Hey, you know, coach speak. Any given day in the Big Ten, right? Anybody can jump up and get you. I mean, yeah, I think it's possible, but I mean, we're we're picking the schedule apart. Like, sure, that there's probably nine games that they could lose. Yeah, I mean, it's Iowa football. They're one possession games. Like, they, if, they if, I'm telling you, right, if they lose at Rutgers, it's going to be a long <laughs> season. I don't think Rutgers is as bad as they have been. Is my point. I think they're they're getting better. Well, they're not one of the worst teams in college football. I don't think, but it, I, yeah, I agree. Shiano's a good coach. Yeah. You know, he's he's going to get them to respectability, I think. But it's still it's still Rutgers. You can't lose that game. You just can't. I would play Iowa in the over. I think that I'm not like Iowa fans take this as like an insult. Sometimes you have the best punter that I've ever seen. That's not an insult. He is like, I mean, you can go back and watch the Cyhawk game from last year. Like Tory Taylor. Like that guy was the MVP. Like he, well, he he was the MVP for the first half of the season, and then uh, he he was not he he tailed off toward the end of of last year. Like he he could do no wrong. Felt like the first month, month and a half of the year, and then things changed. And he's not the best punter I've ever seen. The best punter I've ever seen is Matt Ariza, who is now in the NFL. He was kicking for San Diego State last year. Oh, yeah, I remember that the, guy. The punt yeah. god. And I think he yeah. just uncorked a 85-yarder <laughs> in the first preseason game for the Bills. Uh, but, Taylor, yeah, I mean, you got a weapon like that. It's great. Sounds like they've figured out the kicking game uh, with a couple of guys who are, are kicking well in practice. And, but I, I never worry about Iowa special teams. Iowa special teams always going to be fine. Well, and it, it's, it's, your defense is going to be – like, there shouldn't be much of a drop-off there. No, 
But it's all going to come down to Spencer Petras and the offensive line. If if they start, you know, if the offensive line starts collapsing and Petras starts feeling pressure, he's going to collapse. I mean, you, you you hear all this stuff about you know the Manning Passing Academy and how good he's looked this summer and all that. And I and I like. I, I think Spencer Petrus, if he's given time in the pocket, can be a good quarterback. But when he starts feeling pressure, he he collapses. So they they've got. I think that's the key. They got to protect him this season. They did not do that last season. How many wins does Iowa have this year? I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay modest and I'm gonna say eight. I think they get over that the win total of seven and a half. I think they pick off Michigan at home. Yeah, I could see now, that. I don't see them going to Ohio State and and scaring the Buckeyes, really. Schedule is tougher. Uh, I feel like one of these rivalry streaks is going to end, whether it's uh, Iowa State or Nebraska or Minnesota or Illinois, even though a lot of Iowa fans claim that Illinois is not a rival. I'm from Eastern Iowa, so I disagree. Um, it, it's I, at the same time, I, I've probably said that the last three seasons that one of these streaks is going to come to an end. This feels like the year that Iowa State's going to come in and win. It just, it's kind of how that rivalry goes. When Iowa State's supposed to be good and supposed to win, like last season, Iowa gets them. Yeah, they let in Iowa State as an Iowa State fan, they let you down. But if it's you know if if Iowa State's not expected to do a heck of a lot, games at Kinnick Stadium, that game that game scares me. But Iowa State always scares me because I've I've been there too many times for Iowa State wins, even though it's been a while, Chris. It's been a long while. That's a good transition into our Iowa State segment. I. I always expect Iowa State to lose that game. Maybe it's like a defense mechanism, but I just, I never, and I grew up, like people have to realize, I grew up an Iowa fan, and I grew up. Yeah, I'll never let you forget that. I grew up in the Fry era where you looked down on Iowa State. Like that was just, yeah, they were not at your level, and it's the truth. I mean, I've talked to Dan McCartney about this a million times on my podcast that like, you know, Hayden would go around like the way he recruited against Iowa State and like he didn't want to beat Iowa State. He wanted to like crush their soul. Yeah. And it was well, he used to say that way. Keith Keith Murphy would always do the Hayden Fry impression where he would say, Yeah, they got a bunch of they got some good players over there, you know. Uh in fact, we offered a few of them kids to walk on over here <laughs> at Iowa. <laughs> so true like that's yeah but i mean they they won 15 straight i don't like i think iowa state i i'm i'm with you i here here's why i would say iowa state has a better shot to win that game this year than it has in the past what's maddening to me about campbell and how they've approached this game is it's like they've tried to out iowa iowa where a lot mm-hmm. of those games that you're referring to in the past, like Rhodes would show up or Chiswick would show up and they'd, they're just spreading it out and they're going all Purdue on the Hawks, right? Like they're yeah. trickery. They're doing all kinds of stuff that Iowa doesn't like. Where I felt like last year's game, Campbell kind of went into it like, hey, we can go pound for pound. And because that's kind of what Campbell's trying to do, really. Right. That's what Iowa State does in the Big 12. They're able to yeah. kind of. We're in the you past. Know, win at the it's line like of scrimmage and Iowa doesn't. Iowa's never liked those spread you out teams. You know, go side to side that type of thing. Where I think Iowa State's offense this year with the new quarterback, you don't have Brees Hall, you fewer tight ends, right? You're playing more with your wide receivers. You have two really good wide receivers and Jalen Knoll and Xavier Hutchinson. I, I'm worried about. The they might go downfield more this year. This as could an be a Iowa different fan, look. As an Iowa fan, I'm worried about the opposing quarterback for the first time in a while. I, I never really worried too much about Brock Purdy because you knew what he was going to do. Yeah. And now I feel like quarterback could be the difference in the game when Spencer, Spencer Petrus is on one side 
and a, what you know what you're getting basically with him and, and you kind of have an unknown on the other side but a guy that I think I, I think this the, anytime there's a new guy coming in the ceiling's higher because you don't know what you're going to get so I think the ceiling's higher I think he can make different throws and I think it, it could be a problem just because Iowa even though saw him a little bit last year you know it's it's Iowa is not familiar but they had Brock Purdy's number they just did yeah, did you know that crazy thing? I'm almost positive this effect. In Brock Purdy's career, he never played a game at Kinnick Stadium. He never started a game at Kinnick Stadium. Never started a game. Well, yeah, I mean, it was because the COVID year got wiped out. Correct. So it, in that last first year, he played, didn't play. Yeah. It was, the, la- the last time. Because he didn't play until Oklahoma State. Yeah, he didn't play until Oklahoma State his freshman year. That is year. bizarre because he, he seemed like he started for five years and he never played at Kinnick. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing for him. He would have got his ass kicked. (laughs) You're probably right. See, that's the problem Like with this scenario right now. I can't really respond. I would like to. I mean, (laughs) and when we get to basketball season, I will. But I can't really respond. It's Yeah, you want to talk basketball. You got got me there. Hands up. But I just like – until Iowa State wins, I just kind of have to take it. And that's the problem with this state, right? Well, it's not a problem. It's what makes it fun. Like, unless yeah. you – I mean, we've been non-existent for a while now. So, uh, okay, so Iowa State's win-loss total is at six and a half. And I will be very upfront. I love Iowa State's over here. I, th- I think that this actually, in a weird way, sets up well for Campbell. Here's the deal. If you've – I don't know how much you've looked into the Big 12 yet, but it's very much a league. I'll tell you right now, Oklahoma's the most overrated team in the country. I've heard that from a lot of people, that it's just kind of, you know, they're a top 10 team because of the brand, but they've lost so much. I mean, it's it's they're starting over. They are. And they've got, like, all these transfers. Um, not saying that they're not talented. I just... What's bailed them out in the past is they, they've just been so elite offensively, even with the poor defense right like and how they've been so poor defensively is a whole other conversation it doesn't make any sense because no. the big 12 is not this offensive juggernaut that it used to be the, right. the league's actually shifted quite a bit but I, I just look at the league hassle and you've got really i think baylor's the the one team that i i think i know what i'm gonna get i i how they're not the odds on favorite to win the Big 12 is beyond me. I, I don't know. They're like six to one right now to win the Big 12. Yeah. Big tw- the, the Big 12 is all over the place numbers wise because you had the, what was it? The media picked Baylor. Yes. And the odds say Texas. Texas is the favorite at a lot of sports books to win that in, in, in Vegas. And Oklahoma is the team that I think most people are going to rank the highest. Texas lost to Kansas last year i, I want to get to texas in a minute well because uh-huh. i actually have a conspiracy theory that i want to run by you okay with texas it my whole thing with iowa state it reminds me of conversations we've had about iowa in the past where you look at this league campbell's now the second longest tenured head coach in the league amazing their recruiting has continued to get better and better what i'm hearing out of camp is that our starters across the board probably aren't as good as the last couple of years, but we're way better in the two deep because the depth of the program has continued to build. And I just, I feel like at six and a half, like there's just so many of these tweener games where Iowa state's just more of a, a program I can trust, I guess. Like let's, let's compare them to like TCU who um, new coach, Texas tech, new coach, um, West Virginia. Like I don't, really quite trust West Virginia yet. We haven't seen it. They got JT Daniels at quarterback. That'll be interesting, but that's a home game for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. At Texas, like Texas will be favored in that, but Iowa State's won like four in a row against them. I I, I just feel like they're going to get there, and, and a lot of it has to do with the, the league this year. I just think that like two through eight uh, is just a total toss-up, and I kind of like to side with those programs that have an identity – and you mm-hmm. kind of just know what to expect for him. Iowa State has that going for him now against the rest of the league. So I, I have them at seven and five. I would not be shocked if they could beat Iowa, 
right? And, and that's mm-hmm. a big if. They're going to be a touchdown underdog in that game. If they could beat Iowa, they could go, I think, I think eight and four, mm-hmm. which would be better than they did last year when they came in ranked in the top ten. Yeah, I think that the 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 win total is 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 based on oh my god, they were a top ten team last season and what did they win? Seven games and they lost so many players. You know, Brees Hall gets drafted, Brock Purdy's gone. It's I, I think a lot of people just feel like oh they're, they're starting over. You know, mm-hmm. they they had their chance, they missed it, and and I, I agree with you. I, I I was really surprised when. Uh, the total came out at, at at where it's at at six and a half, and I, I would be surprised if they if they don't go over that. And two huge games they have at home. I mean, they've got Baylor at home, the defending champs, and they've got Oklahoma at home, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Texas, but they've had Texas's number. I mean, I think the schedule sets up pretty well. Uh, I know they don't have Iowa at home, but sometimes it doesn't matter. Um, and I think you're right. They've got an identity where a lot of these schools, you know, either have new coaches or they're still searching for who they are. I, I, I've got Iowa State. I agree. I, I've got them at seven and five, eight and four this season. I also think, too, there's an element of Campbell that likes the underdog feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I think that he kind of thrives in that scenario where last last year felt different and I I can't put my finger on it and I I'd be a liar I'm not around the program nearly as much as I used to be I'm not there day to day like the mm-hmm. beat writers are it just felt different and I and you know you don't want to think small t- it's just I was it's not used to being in the top 10 like that like there was just a lot of weird everything felt tight and I'm not I'm not seeing that. This one, this season going into it kind of reminds me of the year where they, you know, they moved Joel Lanning to linebacker and like, you know, they just kind of mm-hmm. came out of nowhere and had a really good year. Now they have more talent now. Uh so so hopefully your, you know, your your peak's gonna be a little bit higher. But you remember that year? That was the year that they went and beat Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma out of nowhere, and then they beat a top five TCU team. Yeah. That was kind of I I thought the the arrival of Iowa state football to that next level that, that season. I mean, they, you know, down for so many years, not just down, but one of the worst programs in college football. And you saw, you know, they would jump up every few years and, and be decent. But then I think Matt Campbell took them to a level that, They've never been to before, and we saw that last season. They just—they weren't a top ten team. I mean, I—I I think that no. they—I think that they could have been a top twenty-five team. I think they—they they performed well in the bowl game. I mean, I th- think that was one of their best games of the season against Clemson in the bowl game. Um, but the the floor isn't what it used to be. I mean, this team isn't just going to go out there and win four games this year. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that Clemson game. I'm glad you pointed that out because to me, I always. The, do you remember when they played Notre Dame? Oh yeah, they got they got they didn't belong on the same field. No, physically it was, it was just a total mismatch, mm-hmm. and they put they faced a similar program, recruiting wise in Clemson last year, and a lot of backups. Right, like Brees didn't play, Mike Rose mm-hmm. didn't play, missing a bunch of guys on the line, and they physically toe to toe went pound for pound with Clemson, which that gave, that made me way more optimistic about this year after you lose all those guys. Yeah. And I think it even more so because Cle- you, you, you think of last season's Clemson team and, and you think of a team that wasn't ranked, right? You think of a team that completely underperformed. They still ended up winning 10 games and yeah. they're starting this season in the top five. I mean, that was, a, that was a good team that kind of found itself at the end of of last season, that wasn't wasn't the bad team that I think many of us think that they were bad relative to Clemson. It, they just they weren't ready, kind of like Iowa State wasn't ready. But they they put things together, and I think the the showing that Iowa State had in that game um, kind of showed the potential that they had throughout the season. But they just again couldn't close. They couldn't couldn't figure out how to win that game. Got to win in the margins, Chris. Game of inches. You got to win in the margins. Week to week. We don't look ahead in the schedule. 
Um, what I'm just trying to think of all the Campbellisms that are out there. Campbell's got he's got so many. And the funny thing about Matt is too that he's picked up on that people will make fun of him for it. So mm-hmm. whenever he uses one, he'll go. And I know you guys hear me say it all the time. Like he catches himself now. <laughs> all right. My- um, I got Iowa State seven and five. I, I would lean more eight and four it, than six and six. Mm-hmm. I, I've got. I'm just gonna go seven and five, and I'm gonna go eight and four for the Hawkeyes. Yep. I'm man. We're exactly the same at this point. All right. I have a conspiracy theory while we're on the Big Twelve, and then I want to move ahead to Nebraska and just the. They're just vomiting profusely everywhere in Lincoln. It's just you look everywhere. Projectile. There's just a flood of puke on the streets. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So this is fascinating to me. Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman. Long time. He's covered Texas as long as anybody. Good reporter. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a report on Friday that Hudson Card had won the starting quarterback job at Texas. I don't remember who reported that. I apologize to to whoever that reporter. Well, he was wrong, so I don't probably doesn't want to be. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Pointed out. You're doing him a favor. And everybody was like, "Oh, Quinn Ewers gets beaten out." But like, if you follow the Big Twelve closely, and I obviously do, we were all expecting Hudson Card to be the starter based off of like camp reports and stuff. He had reportedly mm-hmm. been the best guy. Quinn Ewers, of course, is the young man who he was the number one recruit in the country, went to Ohio State. He he was the guy who got the million dollar NIL deal and everybody freaked out right when, oh, my God, they're getting millions. Right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like it was like an autograph deal or whatever. He transfers to Texas. Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman points out something that I will say in my 17, 18 years of doing this, you've been doing it the same amount of time. I've never seen anything like this. Texas is having a press conference. Uh, They're doing player interviews. And according to Davis, quote, out of the blue, Texas SID John Bianco said that he had a message from Sark. He's looking at his phone that Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter. You could have heard a pin drop. Wow. Says Brian. Texas fans, there is a conspiracy theory that a booster found out the report about Hudson card and got to Steve Sarkeesian and Sark had to make this um, breaking news through the SID during interviews to appease a booster to get Quinn Ewers on the field. Chris Hassel, do you buy the conspiracy theory? No, I don't. Um, one of the reasons is I, I think Sark's job might depend on Quinn Ewers. And I think um, I, I, I'm going to say from, from a national perspective, just, just me uh, kind of looking at this from 40,000 feet. You know, you mentioned if you follow the big 12 closely, you were hearing the reports that card was going to be the starter I, I'm going to be honest, I just assumed that it was Quinn Ewers, no matter how well Hudson Card performed in fall camp, throughout the summer, or what, whatever. This is, I mean, Texas, you, you bring this kid in there, you, you, you got, I, th- I think you got to play him. I mean, I, I, I don't buy it because I, I think that it was just going to be this way all along. Um, and I, and like I said, I think that what, how, whatever Quinn Ewers does, it might impact Sark for the, this card's not going to excite anybody at, at Texas. They, they don't want this guy. The guy got beat out last season and they were terrible. And you got this, this number one recruit in the country from a couple of years ago on your, on your roster with all the flash and the flair, Texas kid. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I, I don't know. I, I think it would be really, really hard not to have Quinn Ewers start. You get Alabama in week two. Just That's saying. week two. That's not week one. It, I know. I know. It, isn't this though the fact? But do you that think we're having... you you really think Hudson Card's going to give him a better chance no. to beat Alabama? No, that's not my point. My point is, isn't this a just a general um, conversation about the state of college football though that we're even having these conversations? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. The booster paid this guy, so he's got he's got the coach in his back pocket. Like it's just it's just the way this whole thing's set up right now is mm-hmm. just it opens you it opens all this stuff up where in the past right. it wasn't really a thing. Right. And I'm sure that there are conversations like that that happen all over the country. I just I I guess I would have been a lot more surprised had had Quinn Ewers not been named the starting quarterback. For what it's worth, I agree with you. Like I, I thought the whole time just because of the potential and stuff, but man, like if you get because you know how Texas fans are, like any mm-hmm. college football fan. Like if they get trounced by forty by Alabama, well, they probably will. I mean, yeah. maybe not forty, but I I think that Alabama is going to go in there and handle them pretty easily. Cheapest ticket to that game right now two hundred and eighty three dollars for Alabama and and Texas. I think you're so, wasting your money. The Texas I mean, it, thing is it'll just be a every spectacle, year. but. Uh, I mean, Alabama's going to smoke everybody. I mean, I can't tell you how many times on CBS Sports HQ we have talked about the Alabama A&M game and all this hype that's, you know, early October, Jimbo Fisher going to Alabama to face Nick Saban. And every single time we pick the game, Alabama is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, and every single time our experts pick Alabama to cover that spread. Uh, Bar- Barrett Salee was talking with him last week and the Alabama's win total is either 11 or 11 and a half. And he said the best bet is to take the over. I think it's at 11. I think it's, at, I think it's at 11. So you get a push if they lose one game. He said, <laughs> there is no scenario where Alabama loses two games this season. No scenario. I kind of feel like that about Ohio State. I think that they're like in a league of their own in the big team. Yeah, and I think that's the argument right now is it Alabama, I think, is viewed by most as the best team. And then it's Ohio State is not far behind as the second best team. And then there's a drop down to the defending national champion Bulldogs, which is surprising because they, they still return. They've got, they've got three guys on defense who are likely going to be top 15 picks. And they've got their quarterback returning as well. Um, and then, so there's an argument. Where's the drop? Is it from two to three or is it from three to everybody else? Cause I think there's another big drop there from Georgia to everybody else, whether it's Clemson or Michigan or Notre Dame, or, you know, I don't know, Baylor, I, I, who knows? Um, I think it's fascinating just looking at the, the top 10, how high Notre Dame is ranked, yet no one is really talking about them as a playoff team. It's like no one thinks that that team is going to be in the playoff at the end of the season, yet they're going to start the year ranked fifth. They're my second Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. I mean, I, I feel like they could they might be a top 10 team, but to Here, put them in the top five, I, 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 I don't know. I don't see it. Here's all you need to know with Notre Dame and Oklahoma. So they each start the season in the top 10, Notre Dame in the top five. Notre Dame's win total right now, this is Vegas Insider. I'm sure this is juiced one way or another, eight and a half. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, the media picks them in the top five. Vegas has their win total at eight and a half. They're overrated. Yeah. That's, a uh, borderline, that's a borderline top 20, top 15 team. Eight and a half wins. Yeah, and Oklahoma's number is at nine and a half, which I would Oklahoma at nine and three. That's I would play the under on that. Um, Hassel's got to get to his day job here soon. Uh, tell everybody really quick. I watch CBS Sports HQ all the time. Pump yourself a little bit. Where? What do you do every day? Pump Some people, myself. you know, watching in Iowa, they're like, "What does Hassel do? He's just on 
you know, we'll watch him on like Mountain West games every now and then. Yeah, he'll, TV he'll, every day. he'll just call into the Murph and Andy show every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Now, CBS Sports HQ, uh, it's it's great. I love it. It's the best job I've ever had. Um, it's uh, so I, I work Monday through Thursday usually. I work day side, and we we go on the air about me and whoever my co-anchor is. We'll go on about noon Central Time and throughout the afternoon. And it's just, you know we're just what I love about it is we 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 know our strengths. It's college football, NFL college basketball, golf. It's everything you you think of CBS for. Mm-hmm. And we have a ton of great experts in in all of those sports. And we talk about what the fans want to talk about, which is, um, you know, in NFL, we talk a ton of fantasy. It's a ton of, you know, a wagering, looking ahead, futures, season-long props, player props, win totals. We pick every game. Um we we talk about the actual game on the field and we really stay away from stuff that, you know, conversations that don't really pertain to what's happening on the field, which is uh, refreshing. And we uh, we've been up for about four, four and a half years, CBS Sports HQ and continue to build. I mean, it's a streaming is, you know, we kind of started it, it's, it's a streaming venture, CBS Sports Interactive. And you can find it at cbssports.com slash live or, you know, on Pluto TV or yeah, the, the kids know how to do all this stuff nowadays. Well, look That's at us. Every, every, yeah, everything's going streaming. Man. I mean, yeah. cable is not worth nearly as much as it used to be. And it's a, it's kind of all, all gone to streaming. And that's why we see the rights are skyrocketing for events that, you know, the Big Ten's putting stuff on Peacock. And that's, you know, that's it's it's the the wave of the future. But um Things are going well, and I I love the guys I work with. I mean, on a daily basis, work with Brady Quinn, Danny Cannell, Josh Pate. Um, Pate's the best. He's he's hilarious. Pate State, yeah, he is. Uh, he, he's a superstar. Well, hopefully, we can get some more Iowa viewers too, because I I watch it all the time. It's 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 really good stuff. This will be fun for you though to get. You can, now you can do like true local though, because you're an Iowan. Yeah, no, I, I, I've I've listened to you know KXNO podcasts every day since I left, and it's been almost ten years. It'll be ten years this yeah. this January, and uh, I'm always jealous that I don't get in the conversations, you know, about Iowa and Iowa State or anything going on locally there in Iowa. But I'm still plugged in. I love yeah. it, um, and and hopefully next time you have me on, I'll get the treadmill out of the way. The we'll background. have a we'll have a better background. I promise. The so the last story. It's just there's just vomit everywhere in Lincoln right now. Uh, from Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald, Scott. This is a quote. Scott Frost. This is quoting Sam's Twitter feed, not Frost. Scott Frost estimates there are 15 to 20 total vomits per practice from offensive linemen under new position coach Donovan Rayola. Uh, Frost says, "Quote: It's not because they're not in shape." He just is making them work hard. Now, here's the best part of this. So a guy named Jeff Schwartz, an eight-year NFL offensive lineman, uh, I believe he does broadcast for Fox. He's a color type guy. He has a show on Sirius XM. He, he says, quote, I've been in 13 training camps between college and the NFL. Half of those were two-a-days. I don't believe I've ever – seen 15 total times that an offensive lineman puked at practice. So either he's lying about this number or it's extremely unhealthy. Do we think that Nebraska offensive linemen are really puking 20 times per practice? No, no, (laughs) but it's just a dumb thing to say. (laughs) This, this day and age bragging about it, like puffing his chest, like, and he also said, in one of the later quotes, he's like, they love it. They love it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure they, if they're out there puking, they just it, 15, 20 times a pre- No, I, he probably, you know, maybe one or two guys puked and he went out there. He thought it was funny, maybe. I I don't know. No, I think he thought that people would be like, oh, man, they are changing Nebraska. the culture. Yeah. Here we go. Bringing the 90s back. Salt tablets, no water breaks. Let's go. Projectile vomiting. I mean, come on. 
I, he's he's I, caught all sorts of I didn't take that. it literally like a lot of people did. There's no way that that happened, that there were 15 or 20 pukes per practice. There's no chance. No, I, I, Frost, though, really – say what you want about his, like, coaching at, at whatever. He's really poor at these press conferences. Like, he needs help. He, yeah. he, he comes off so poorly. And it's time after time. Like, this isn't just, like, now that they're lo- – like, it's been this way uh, since day one. I, I don't know. I don't think he cares. And if they if they win nine games this year, Nebraska fans will be all, you know, back on the bandwagon. How many does he have to win to save his job? Uh, let's look at their total real fast. Seven and a half. Their total is seven and a half? Yeah. Same total as I total seven and a half. Their non-conference. Let's look at their non-conference really quick. Um, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and Oklahoma, and, and right? Oklahoma. Yeah. If if he goes seven and five, eight and four, he's still the coach, right? Eight and four for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm, seven I'm and five keeps his job. I think you could argue that six and seven with a bowl loss might save his job. Doesn't I mean, it kind of matter who they beat too, though? I, I think it might. Yeah. I mean, if you're just beating up on the teams that you should beat, I, I think it would really help if, if he got Iowa, you know, or got, yeah. you know, somebody that obviously, you know, like in beat, Oklahoma, I mean, beat Wisconsin dude, at home. If, if they beat Oklahoma, which they, they I, almost did last year. That is a home game. I'm telling you, yeah. and don't laugh at me guys. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. I, I think Oklahoma is really going to struggle early. Like when I look at Iowa State schedule, like man, I wish I wish Iowa State got Oklahoma earlier in the schedule. That's my and mm-hmm. Nebraska gets them on September seventeenth at home. Yep, they win that game, and I, I think it'd be really hard for him to. I mean, unless they again miss a bowl game, I think miss a bowl game. No matter what happens, no matter who you beat, he loses his job. Chris, let's. Well, this is their first nine games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Northwestern at home or Northwestern in Ireland. Um, they are going to be a two touchdown favorite in that game. Yeah. Got to win that game. Got to win. North Dakota at home. That's not North Dakota State. That's North no. Dakota. Georgia Southern at home. Okay. That's that's three and oh. Oklahoma at home. Now that one's, you're going to be an underdog, but I don't think by that much. That that will be under a touchdown. Oklahoma will not be a touchdown yeah, favorite right. in that game. I don't mm-hmm. and, and and when you look at the way Nebraska loses games, they lose one possession games. I mean, they, they they're not getting blown out. Indiana at home. This should be a win. At Rutgers. That should be a win. At Purdue. So so. Um that, that's a toss up. That's a win. Minnesota at home. Should be a win. And that that's before so that's their first nine games, and then they go. So, so I, I've got them at like seven and two. See, the, you, I think you're going to my point. And then you're at Michigan, Wisconsin, at Iowa, which are all much more yes. difficult games. Yeah. But they could realistically have seven, eight wins by the time they get to that stretch if mm-hmm. it plays out correctly. So I mm-hmm. I think he keeps his job, um, especially if they're vomiting twenty times. I mean, do you have any idea how in shape that line's going to be? Oh my god. <laughs> Well, how if they're so in shape, what are you putting them through to get them to puke? I mean, are you are you forcing them to go out the night I mean, before and and drink a bunch of vodka? You should know all about this being an Iowa fan with the whole Rabda thing. Like, I mean, you've been oh in on this. God. Yeah, they were. Those guys were peeing black licorice. Yeah, I I actually think I probably I think Nebraska over is not a terrible bet this year bro. now that you go through that schedule uh, yeah i because i i, I, I think I'm, that i'm not I, touching them because i don't i i do like their quarterback though because I've, I've watched him play a lot casey thompson from texas mm-hmm. he's he's he is an upgrade to adrian martinez in my mind <laughs> that guy was there for seven years and he still has eligibility left you know he's at kansas state now, i know right? it's it, i i it's crazy i mean the the covid year and all it, it Adrian Martinez, and I think it has to do with the fact that they had another Martinez there yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. But it just seems like he has been there forever. All right. Get to work. Appreciate you. This was He's fun. the Jordan Bohannon of college football. <laughs> you can download this. 
It's not going to be the feed that we're on all the time during the season, but I will, if you joined us late and you want to hear the whole conversation, it's called the Chris Williams podcast. Just search that wherever. Hassel and I, we will be going live every Monday morning during the season. Again, more details, and then we'll have another show later in the week. But uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. Appreciate you. Check out what time is your kick? Do you know the, you know, what yeah, time it's, uh, it's 7 p.m. Uh, week zero per Saturday. FAU hosting Charlotte. I think FAU is uh, about a touchdown favorite, but uh, this is perfect. Like, you really made my day because I'm like, I got Nebraska Northwestern. Mm-hmm. What I time like, is that? Is that a, is that at a 11 a.m. Central? 11 30. 11 30. Okay. And then I'm a, I've always been a closet Florida State fan only because of the 1994 Orange Bowl. Being a kid who grew up in Western, I'm like, holy crap, this team just killed Nebraska and they're doing the tomahawk yeah. chop. And I started liking them. I, I had a lot of Florida State gear as a kid because they, they were my second favorite team, too. Wow. We had that in common. That's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Both Iowa fans and Florida yeah. State fans. Yeah. Wild, wild times. Um, and then, um, so we got the Hawaii Vanderbilt game, which will be a, the most heavily bet game of the weekend. Everybody's so that game is immediately following my game on CBS Sports Oh, Network. perfect. Double so, double dip on CBS yeah. Sports Network then. Perfect. And I think we got I think we have a quadruple header on CBS oh. Sports Network. We have How did four you not of get the 11 the, games. Why did you not get the Hawaii assignment? Oh, they were thinking, oh, boy, he lives in South Florida. Do we send them to Hawaii or do we send them down the street to Boca? It's How far is Boca? Is, it's 10 minutes from here. Oh, that's I nice. live in Delray. So nice. it's yeah, I'll be uh, sleeping in my own bed and everything, just uh, cruising on down the street for that game. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Glad we finally got this thing done after 15 years, Chris. Well, cheers to 15 more. How about that? All right. All Let's right, do brother. it. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out. Uh, we'll have more information on how you can listen to this podcast throughout the season coming up this week.